Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the What Fulfills You podcast, or as always, welcome if you are brand new to the show. On today's episode, I am going to be doing a solo episode and chatting all things Tinks' box theory, my personal experience with dating, my advice on dating after reflecting on, you know, being single for about two years now, and then also my personal advice. Um, And the reason why I decided to put together an episode like this is because I've definitely been having a lot more conversations around dating and um, I personally enjoy listening to psychologists and what people talk about when it comes to human behavior whether that's in business sales and of course also dating and relationships and there's a lot of information out there that I feel like women my age so in your early mid even late 20s are kind of missing and um, I know I mentioned I don't know if I'm gonna mention this in the title um, so obviously it goes to show I haven't finalized the title yet but I do talk about Tinks's box theory and I'm assuming kind of like a lot of you know of who Tinks is but if you don't just look her up on Instagram her username is at it's me Tinks T-I-N-X and she's basically a an influencer who talks a lot about relatable girl advice but particularly a lot around dating and a couple months ago my friend sent me this video from TikTok that showed her talking about the box theory on Nick Vile's podcast and at first I I agreed with it and I think I agreed with it more because it, it almost made me feel better in that okay yeah you know even if you do sleep with them you know earlier than normal like it actually doesn't really change anything and blah 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 But after just doing more self-reflection and then also learning from men, (laughs) I think there's more to it. And while I love Tinks, I think she's great. Her content is funny and, you you know, fun to watch. I think it's important to also be wary about who we take advice from in terms of certain parts of our life, right? So my thoughts have always been I'd only take advice from someone that I want to change places with in that area or maybe I want to think more like them and especially when it comes to dating I personally I'll I'll have discussions with girlfriends about this dating situation and like who I'm talking to and all these different kind of things but when it comes to having a deeper insight into maybe why a guy is doing something or why he says something a certain way, I probably would just ask my guy friends. And even if you don't have guy friends, then this is a great time to develop some closer guy friends because A, guys are a lot more simple than women. They're just very direct. Uh, they don't think too much into things. And I, I think it's very black and white with men for the most part. It's usually like, They either like you or they don't. And if they like you, they make it pretty obvious, that kind of thing. Um, But I think as well, it's interesting to get their thoughts on, you know, what what is your perception of a woman if she happens to sleep with you on the first date, that kind of thing. And I know Tinks talks about this in the box theory and, um, you know, I dive more into it in the episode. But overall, I... I wouldn't say I've changed my mind, but I think I just have more clarification now that I don't think Tinks really dives into when she talks about her box theory with such confidence because I have heard other men even on podcasts where they say oh I've heard about this influencer out there who talks about this box theory hey man what do you think so it's like guys talking about it and you'd be surprised um you know not everyone agrees with her and they're guys 
I think my question has always been, shouldn't we be asking men some of these questions about what they think of women when it comes to this part of the dating process instead of asking a woman um, who might not fully have that experience yet either. So yeah, I just felt like this topic was pretty relevant in my life over the past couple of months and I know I haven't personally given my full thoughts on dating and especially as I've been Uh, Actually, yeah, I guess it's about exactly two years ago. I've been um, single for the past two years or at least not have not been in a serious relationship in the past two years. And I know some people get, I don't know, maybe insecure or desiring a relationship. And so I share my thoughts on that as well and kind of how I am able to put the focus on myself and not get too caught up in the idea of being in a relationship versus being single. So um, I think this is definitely just, again, more of a personal life dating type of episode. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy it and let's dive in. I've always believed the foundation of our fulfillment in life doesn't come from our quote-unquote success, but rather the strength of our relationships, not only with others, but also ourselves. And how we develop a deeper connection is through self-reflection and purposeful conversations with those around us, especially like-minded individuals. And that is exactly why I created the What Fulfills You card game, to cultivate both more meaningful relationships with others, as well as ourselves on the journey of personal growth. I certainly use these questions as a guide for journal prompts and, of course, weekly check-ins with myself. And when I am playing this game with friends on a Friday night in, you bet I am enjoying it with a glass of wine or two, who knows. (laughs) Pre-order the card game now at whatfulfillsyou.com and enjoy an exclusive 10% off for listeners only with code whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout. That's whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout at whatfulfillsyou.com. Enjoy! Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. So the first bullet note I want to talk about is Tinks's infamous box theory, which I'm pretty certain many of you kind of have heard about at this point. If not, I would just quickly elaborate and say that it's this content creator and influencer who I actually found out about because my friend Dana, who's been on this podcast, she sent me a short TikTok clip where Tinks was talking to Nick Vile about her box theory and how it doesn't matter when you sleep with a guy because it's based on which box you're in and it's either the guy just wants to sleep with you, he wants a relationship with you, or he wants nothing to do with you, or in essence, maybe like just want to be friends, right? So... Um, that's kind of her theory and then basically her conclusion is that therefore if you're in like a relationship box it doesn't matter when you sleep with them and I used to be in slight agreement with that um, but I think I was more in like the hypothesis stage where I was like trying to test it out you know back in the day when you did the science experiments and then you had to do the, the hypothesis and then you test it and you test the variables and all that and I know that sounds kind of weird to put into relationship terms and dating but that's actually how real life works right you have a hypothesis you, you think this is the way you go about it or this you think this is your career and then you test it out and it doesn't work and then you go a different way right so that's actually the what we actually do in everyday life but we don't we don't think of it as like a science experiment um, but I get nerdy like that so I obviously talk about things like that and I will say I agree with the box theory, but I don't agree. Well, I don't know. I guess I should let me correct myself. 
I slightly agree with the box theory. However, um, I think women need need to be wary about how it applies. And uh, more importantly, I think if you take a step back, you got to ask yourself, wait a second. If, it, if, the, if this is based on men's box theory or their men's way of thinking with dating women, shouldn't they be giving their input on whether they believe that's true, right? And then you t- kind of take the, the data and the pool of the guys and what they say. Um, and I have personally asked that. Now, obviously, I don't have a wide group of men to ask, but I do ask guys both my age or a little bit older, as well as older male friends as well in their 30s, right? I mean, even my brother is in his 30s. So I think we subconsciously know that there's other factors like timing, the timing of your life, where you're at in your own life, as well as the guy, first off. Um, But then also just morals and traditions and beliefs and all that and the generation stuff. Um, But what doesn't change is the psychology of humans. And that's kind of what I want to go into here is because I would, I often, because I often talk to close guy friends about just kind of their psychology and their framework and the way they think of a girl when, if and when she sleeps with him the first time or if she doesn't. And I'll say it right now, like even one of my close uh, co-workers or my former co-workers, he was in a pretty serious relationship, Um, didn't last that long, but it was kind of like this running joke between all of us where we're like, wow, like you're finally in a relationship now because he was kind of, you know, having his fun if you catch my drift and uh, we were surprised. And I remember asking him again, trying to understand his psychology and his approach. I was like, you know, why this girl? Like, why do you feel like you're more attracted to her? Like, have you slept with her yet? And he actually like looks at me and we're having a heart to heart. And he's like, you know, no, we we haven't yet. And I think that's part of what's been intriguing about her is like I've taken her out on dates and we haven't slept together yet. And it's been like, you know, I think at this, I don't quote me on this, but it was probably around four or five dates and he still hadn't slept with her. Whereas in the past, when he was really on that casual whim, he was just having fun, right? And so I asked him, do you think that has anything to do with why you see her more as relationship material? And he's like, honestly, yeah, I I do. It's, you know, she seems more like, I don't know if he was putting it in these terms like, because again, they're not together anymore, but he said like wifey material and kind of just like, yeah, she's like girlfriend material. She's someone like I'd introduce her to my mom and that kind of thing. And I remember feeling slightly discouraged by that in a sense where I was like, oh man, like, okay, if I, you know, have some fun with a guy, like it completely diminishes the idea of me potentially being like girlfriend material, right? Um, And I think there's like the answer is 50-50 where I think it comes down to like the type of woman you are. So even if you do play it really casual like the first time and like do something like that, If you are really still like a high value, like high standard woman, I think the guy would still look at you as a girlfriend material um, and then would might want to pursue a relationship with you. However, it's that can be subjective, you know, Um, but again, it's like playing on the psychology of as a woman, are you able to showcase your value outside of just like the sex factor and um and I kind of really I released an episode on this recently but to me I think the value kind of comes down to a culmination of things whether it's like including like your charisma your intellect your looks like all of it like the whole package kind of vibe and I truly believe that everyone can achieve that but we don't talk about it enough in this generation because we kind of have that self-limiting belief that oh we're not you know Kendall Jenner and so we don't have like that you know but that's not what whole package looks like and I mean not to say she doesn't have it all but I truly believe everyday people who who are not quote-unquote models and all that I believe you can still have all three all four whatever pillars of what I call like the game of life and kind of how you can still hold that value outside of um, the sex aspect in in what I mean is like even if you sleep with someone after like a first or second day or kind of early on, um, you can still hold his interest in wanting to pursue a relationship with you if that's what you decided you kind of want. Um, 
in that case, you kind of have to use your intrinsic value. Does that make sense? Uh, whereas I don't believe you should be like, oh my God, the main value of me is like being able to sleep with me. That's also not what I agree with either. And I don't believe in like the, I know, I guess there's that old rule of the three date rule and all that stuff. Um, I'm not really like in that sense where it's like, okay, based on a number, but I do think it kind of comes down to like when it really, really clicks. And you also have to understand the psychology of value. And I talk about this with all my guy friends, both Mike Yu, who's been on the show, um, and then even, you know, some guys who you might quote unquote consider like slightly fuckboys and all that, like they still actually have very similar mentalities about how they perceive sex. And um, I know there's that running joke where like men will sleep with whatever they can and women will sleep with who they want. I think that's kind of like the running joke. And I think that's the key right there is that men will obviously value not just you as a person more but they will value the fact that they got to sleep with you more if they kind of had to wait a little bit but had to invest in it so for example the way i think of it is like did they invest in taking me out to dinner did they invest in taking me out on you know formal dates based on my preferences right and when someone invests both time and money and just their mental energy into pursuing you, they're going to cherish more when they kind of finally have you in a more intimate setting like sleeping with you and, and that kind of thing. And another thought that comes to mind, I actually have a friend who is close friends with someone in the NFL and back in college he was you know he would sleep around a lot as well and him and my one of my best friends they kind of made an agreement with each other that you know the girl that says no to sleeping with you on the first day or first time or whatever is someone you actually get to pursue or like maybe you start to consider her as girlfriend material and so I find that funny because again it's like he was all for that too he's like honestly absolutely because he was kind of waiting for a girl to say no to him and he's you know college football quarterback and then you know he went into NFL that kind of thing and he has a girlfriend now um but I find that funny to think about like even he was in agreement with that when he was talking to him one of my best friends just that yeah that's kind of how you can separate the differences between someone that's more potentially girlfriend material versus those that are kind of in the same category, which is all the ones that he has slept with. Now, I also want to add in preface, this is not to shame anyone that has had casual, you know, sex or whatever, because obviously I think for the most part, we've all kind of been there to some extent. Um, and, and when I say casual, I mean, it's like, okay, maybe, yeah, you were sleeping with someone that you were not officially dating. And I know even within my, um, heritage, like I think in Asian culture, it's really looked down upon. And so I totally resonate with this, like stop shaming people for things like they do and they don't do like that's their personal business. But my point in sharing this is if you struggle with, trying to figure out, you know, what you could do better and what you could change in your approach to dating and having a better understanding of men and where they stand, um, especially when it comes to that topic of, oh, like how soon is too soon? And like, does it really matter if I sleep with them and all that kind of stuff? I think ultimately it's yes and no. Um, and if, if you are able to consciously choose, I would probably advise just to hold off in opportunities that you can as much as possible and allow them to just get to know you. And remember, this is in the framework of if you are in a chapter of life where you're more open to a relationship and you feel like that's what you would lean towards more compared to something casual, because I think all of us including myself, have been in that chapter of life where you're like, you know, I have no capacity for something serious. I have no capacity for even just like a semi-casual relationship in that and still having titles on it. You know, it's like 
Sometimes you just want to be single, but then you're just having a little bit of fun, getting some experience. I think that's a different scenario, but then you have to go in knowing that, you know, you can't hope and expect that this person will end up falling for you and that you want them to take you out kind of thing because you you have to know which route you you would be leaning towards. And more importantly, if you want advice about this, just ask men, ask your guy friends and ask multiple different kinds, okay? And I always try to ask people, especially men, that are as close to the types that I typically date, which is sometimes kind of hard because my guy friends are on are younger in that they're in their mid 20s like you know between like 25 27 and then the guys I date are rather older I've, I've said this I've admitted this on the podcast before you know like I'm 24 but like guys I'm often dating are in their early 30s um or yeah around early 30s per se and so the framework of where they're at in life is very different and so my guy friends in their mid-20s, they still might have that mentality of like, oh, it's okay just to have fun. But then they also still recognize like, yeah, if this girl does this, then I might be more intrigued by her. So I still get that balance. Whereas a guy that I'm dating, um, I would prefer someone more serious and has had more time to develop their career. And obviously that is, again, very personal for me because in my life right now, I'm focused on my career and I'm focused on growing it and scaling it and being more comfortable financially and all of that. And so I would want someone that doesn't need to put as much of that focus there because I think sometimes that can be harder to balance out a relationship, especially if you're both really type A and career oriented. You know, um, I think you might not really just have that time or desire to prioritize time towards a relationship that could flourish into something really serious um, and obviously dating in your 20s too especially after college it gets a little bit more towards that direction where you're like oh shit this is not a college relationship anymore this is more mature adult on the serious side that kind of thing so um, either way I think yes you can still ask women and they definitely still have great advice, especially those who have been through what you have gone through. For me, I actually go to one of my really close friends who is from Denmark. I met her out in California and we still chat all the time and I will actually come to her for advice um, and she's 10 years older than me and one of the biggest advice that she has given me is all based on communication. We're both very direct and that's why she jokingly goes like, oh, you're so European, like just my style and just the languages I speak or like to speak. It's just more uh, cultured around the European style and mentality. But she says like over here, dating even with American men, it can be harder because um, communication and, and their style of communicating and their realization of like just being open and direct is... A little bit harder and so she always advises me like you can solve some of those issues or misunderstandings just by communicating and I have utilized that in my own dating life and whatnot and it has helped me wonders because for me um, I don't really like to like I don't really want to be sitting and during work and wondering oh like I wonder if I'm going on a date with this guy or whatever right like to me it's either I let them approach it and tell me directly or if let's say it's been a few dates already and I have leeway to communicate as well I should just go ahead and do that and that way I know and I can adjust and you know move accordingly. One more thing to add about the box theory as well I was listening to a roundup episode on like relationships and dating from Lewis Howe's podcast School of Greatness and I took note of this, but there was this guy who definitely speaks a lot about relationships and dating and psychology. And he said two things that I took note of. One, about when it comes to sex, he had asked, like, I think this was like a seminar or just maybe asked like a woman, I forget. But he had asked her or asked a group of women, would you give a guy the passcode to your phone after a month of knowing him? And everyone's like uh no probably not or definitely not because it's like well shit there's a lot of private stuff on your phone it's just 
you know, it's like you don't want people snooping on your phone, right? You just, you, yeah, there's there's text messages, there's notes that you write down, there's, you know, the social apps you use, all of that. And he goes, okay, so why would you want to give up your body sooner than that? And I think that really struck me because um, I'm like, that's true. Because he's saying that, if you don't trust a guy enough to give him your passcode to the phone, why, how do you trust him enough to let him sleep with you? And again, I look at this more from a lens of if you're going to date someone and be in a relationship with them, that's kind of the psychology to it. But I personally wouldn't say that's the same for casual stuff because that's just different, right? Because then, you know you should come into that playing field knowing what you're getting yourself into. And if you raise your expectations, then that's on you. And another piece I learned from like a TEDx event that I was listening to on YouTube, I wrote this down and it goes, women fall in love with sex and men fall in love with commitment. And I remember this speaker, she was talking about how her grandma had mentioned to her, like, you woman, you know, open it up too soon kind of thing. And she was trying to basically figure out if what her grandma said was true. And I think she did some kind of like testing and research and kind of asking around, you know, uh, probably similar to what I do. And I took note of this in that I can't obviously can't speak for everyone, but I do think it's pretty accurate especially because I do feel like I hear stories about whether it's close friends of mine or just people all around you know when they start sleeping with a guy um, and if they're again kind of in the mood to maybe start to date that kind of thing they will start to fall for a guy because they're intimate and men don't fall in love like this because they basically have different ways of being turned on right um like you know women get more turned on by words and kind of those affirmations that men say whereas men they initially get more turned on by the visuals and the looks and how a woman looks and if she's you know sexually appealing which again is still important which i think like it's it still needs to be a factor but it's knowing how to twist it and actually optimize your opportunities to get what you want right and i think People sometimes frame it as, oh, men only want to sleep with you. It's like, of course they do. Naturally, like that's who they are. But how do you utilize that knowing that desire to get what you want? And so sometimes, yes, if it comes to a relationship, if it's just about wanting a guy to sleep with you, I mean, then that's on the easier side. You either, you're either attracted to each other and you're going to sleep with each other or you're not and then you're not going to do that. But on the other hand, if you want a guy to commit to you, and choose you. Men fall in love with commitment. So again, I perceive it as it's the way they invest in you. The the money they spend to take you on dates, the time they take to plan out these events, and as they start to get to know you and get to know different parts of you, your personality, your your belief in life, your framework, your morals, they will slowly start to get into their emotional side, right? Which is where I think some people, especially women, are like, yeah, it's hard to kind of connect with a guy emotionally getting to that deeper part. But when you get to that deeper part, that's actually when men start to feel, or rather, that's when they start to decide whether they are able to commit to you, like whether that aligns or not. And that's kind of the advice I've heard from some of these, um, I guess you could say, quote-unquote, relationship experts or relationship uh, psychologists like those types of people and uh, they really touch on the fact that women fall in love with sex and men fall in love with commitment and so that's why you're sleeping with someone you got to recognize like you might start to feel something towards someone um, because of you know what you're doing but their their way of falling for you is different and you're going to have to understand how to pull a certain desire out understanding what they want in order to get what you want 
And before I move on to my next uh, bullet note, I will say, you know, obviously I've had friends on, including my friend Elia, who was, I think, on the podcast back in early September, where I asked him, do you think it matters when, you know, if you sleep with a guy? And he says no. And I think, again, it, it really varies person to person. So you can't put this in as a cookie cutter, as I'm sure most of us know. Um, but the cookie cutter aspect too, that also is important to recognize the differences with culture. You know, for me, I, being transparent here, often am dating like probably guys more from Europe, like uh, literally like straight from Europe, um, especially because I run into them more where I live. And that's just kind of been naturally who I am attracted to. And I have to take into account kind of like the difference in culture, whether like they're German and they're more like direct a certain way, um, or if they're Italian and they're kind of like more romantic and flirty, like that's just something you have to take note of and kind of how their dating culture is because American dating culture too is, I think, very optimal for casual dating, casual sex, um, and all the apps that have come about. Not to say that it doesn't exist in other countries, it obviously does, but each culture is different and that's why I talk to my friends from different backgrounds now Elia is from Italy so that's why it's kind of interesting that he has that perspective but he's still an absolute gentleman and would never um, mistreat women and I think that I've noticed that as a very common um, belief and trend amongst men from kind of certain European countries that I've experienced where they just are more in touch with their feminine side or are more in touch with kind of like, you know, having sisters and being close with their mom and that kind of thing. So they just have a closer perception on, on how to respect women and why um, you should never treat them a certain way, that kind of thing. Whereas in America, that's also different. So that's something to take note of as well. And that's why I just wanted to make sure I kind of elaborate my thoughts on why I should not be generalized, but it can use, it can be used as a I guess, uh, foundation and kind of you can shift from there. So the next little topic I figured it might be fun to share is just kind of my reflections on the past two years of dating slash being single because um, as some of you know, I was in a relationship for four years and I ended things back in September 2019. Um, However, too, during that four-year relationship, we also did have a break for, I think it was like, I don't know, six to eight months, something around there. Um, And that was actually, though, a very, very fortunate event for me because that is a big reason why What Fulfills You exists, the, the breakup aspect. And then the reason why and how I grew, I was forced to be out of my comfort zone and to take time for myself and to focus on my personal development and ever since then I noticed the strong impact it had on my personal relationships with my friends, the way I viewed life, the way I approached my life differently and I was like wow I grew so much in a short period of time. It was like um, the all of fall semester of my junior year of college and so I'm really grateful for the breakup Um, and I remember though you know for those of you who don't know, like the reason why I just felt inclined to end things back then was because I felt like I had grown so much, especially from the time we had broken up. And by the time we had gotten back together, I think we were, you know, together again on that second half or I don't know, like over a year and a half, probably around like a year and nine months or 10 months um, on that second portion. So I felt like, he was stagnant and he didn't grow as much and it was just really difficult to stay in a relationship with someone that just truly just felt behind like I felt he was behind not in like a bad way or anything like that it just felt like out of alignment and it's something that you know when you know and there comes a time where you have to move on with your life and keep going on your path right and sometimes I kind of look at life where you're on your own path and sometimes you end up merging paths with someone like in a relationship and if you continue to independently go on that same path then that's how a relationship will thrive but then yeah if one person or both start to steer off in different paths then that's when you have to kind of analyze and see is this the right relationship for me do I see this long term because you know, I want to continue on this path and you seem to be going in the opposite direction. So 
Um, truly, it was one of those breakups that like had nothing wrong. It was just like, it's time. You know, it's like anything in life, the chapter has closed. You know, school ends, your college chapter has closed, and then you move on to young adult life. And then you do your young adult life, and then you move on to being married and have, being a mom or dad or whatever. And that's just kind of how I view that relationship and why that was ending but I I know that sometimes people feel insecure about being single and um, sometimes like you know have that FOMO of being in a relationship I am I, it's funny I certainly am fortunate to say like I don't have that FOMO and I don't think I've ever had the FOMO of wanting to be in a relationship um, even when it was in college I mean obviously I dated the same guy uh, all of college but going into it, I remember I didn't ever like want a relationship. That one happened super naturally. I think, you know, we were at the same party. We met uh, my freshman year. He was a junior and um, it just clicked, you know, it clicked naturally. And I think that's how I've always felt relationships are about is like you can't go looking for them. It just comes into your life when you are truly in alignment and when you're also not like consciously looking and that kind of goes back to the concept of letting go Uh, when you desire something it tells you that you lack that thing and so when you let go of the desire it inadvertently comes to you and funny enough yeah ironically comes to you but I also want to say you know my piece of advice for those that struggle with the idea of being single and maybe you've been single for a while maybe you've never had a relationship For me personally, I definitely enjoy single life, just especially because I know that when I am in a relationship, I am all in and in that my energy is there, I want to contribute as a really good partner. I would want to be able to be the best partner that I can. And I will say, especially at this age too, at 24, and like I said, dating someone older, a big part of me realizes like, okay, usually they're kind of more established in their career and they're more established financially. I also want to be there as well. And so it's kind of been actually a motivating factor for me where I go, okay, you should take this time to focus and build your passion and your career. And if someone comes along the way, that is great. That's fine. But also not a big priority in my life right now. And I feel like I often see, especially women, sometimes maybe not having so much passion in their career and they're kind of going um, along the the ropes or whatever you want to call it in their career and then they start to go, ah, like I'm kind of bored. I want to go like meet men and I want to start dating and that kind of thing. And I think that's great. But that's where a lot of downfalls happen when you start to put your focus on relationships and actually getting a romantic relationship where that should be a byproduct of you living a great life and for you vibrating at your highest frequency and it's kind of like money and business you know people sometimes people think you go into business to make money I know certain family members of mine um, think that uh, because it's like such a traditional belief and I said no if you ask any investor on Shark Tank especially Kevin O'Leary, Barbara Corcoran, any of them, you ask them, why did you get into business? They will tell you, well, it's certainly not about money because money is inevitable in business. You're always going to make money in business if you actually do business right. If you have a good product or a good service and you actually love what you do and you make an impact. Money is a byproduct of having a business. Money is a byproduct of actually doing your job really fucking well and so I kind of view that mentality the same way with dating where or relationships having a romantic relationship come into my life it's a byproduct of being my best self and vibrating at my highest level of energy and frequency and when I'm there that also is telling my subconscious mind that I am not only genuinely ready to partner up with someone because I'm more whole with myself, but also the person that is also vibrating at that same energy will come into my life and naturally be aligned. Do you know how many times all of us, especially me though, but like all of us, we come across people that we like, but then we just we just notice the misalignment. Like there's just something that 
blocks it from clicking you know it's just like when you put a key into a lock and it doesn't fit correctly that's kind of how I see if you go looking for a relationship too much again not to say like you shouldn't and you know that you shouldn't fully be open for it I think you should you know you have to put that energy out there too but it shouldn't be like the focus it shouldn't be what you think about when you wake up and go oh my god like I'm talking to this guy and then this other guy and this is going on I think we're going on these dates it's like what are you doing for yourself though you know what are you doing to incrementally improve yourself over time mentally physically emotionally Um, because I think the personal development aspect is definitely not talked about enough especially in your 20s and I think that's kind of how some of those midlife crisis or mid-20s late 20s crisis happens when people go oh my god like I need to get my life together I need to get my finances together I need to get my relationships together and I think if you work on yourself along the way, you are going to minimize the impact of something like a, you know, crisis at 25, 26, realizing like you're at a certain age now and you're not in college anymore, that kind of thing. Overall, for me, I personally prefer to be financially well off and secure before being in another serious relationship um, because I consider things, because I view things in a more long-term approach where hypothetically if it's someone I'm dating and I do somehow end up marrying them down the line in many years it's like I I want to have put myself in a position where I had enough time to put more focus in the career aspect um, where I think sometimes can't speak from personal experience but I think sometimes if you are in a really serious relationship depending on at what point you entered that relationship it might feel harder to put more time and focus in the career building aspect because you are subconsciously prioritizing the relationship aspect, which is more fun. I can't deny that. It's also more fun, but that's why I want to kind of eliminate that potential issue for myself. Again, just sharing my personal thoughts. So the last thing I'm going to touch on is just my approach to dating. If any of you guys are curious and um, I don't know, maybe want some girl advice, whatever. So The first thing I would say is I think everyone should learn and be aware of the art of seduction. There's actually a book on it by Robert Greene. And Robert Greene is definitely an author that I love. I know that he was an inspiration or is an inspiration for one of my favorite authors as well, Ryan Holiday, who writes a lot of books on stoicism. And one of the books, uh, Obstacle is the Way, got me through a lot of struggles and I continue to re-listen to it on Audible and then also The Daily Stoic, a book that I read every day as well. Um, but Robert Greene, he has written books on, I think it was The 48 Laws of Power, The Laws of Human Nature, um, and then Art of Seduction, which he wrote, I think, 20 or 25 years ago now, which is crazy because that means he wrote it like probably before I was born. But um, I would advise look it up and maybe learn to understand which type of seducer you are. And people might think that's like a negative connotation. Like, wow, it's not about seducing men or men seducing you. But actually everything in life is seducing. When people sell you something, when people market something to you. um, I've always learned from reading certain books in the psychology of the way humans think is anything sexy sells. You have to make something non-sexy you have to bring a sexual appeal to it in order for it to sell and do well, no matter what you think, no matter what your morals are. That's just how humans work. And whether you know it or not, that's just how we subconsciously look at things and what becomes appealing to us. Now, the way I look at it and the way Robert Greene looks at it is understanding how to utilize it to, again, maximize your opportunities in life and produce better results for yourself. So, The way I look at art of seduction is, A, I learn to understand what makes people or men fall for me, or even in business, I learn to understand what about me is it that allows me to work really well, close deals. I used to work in sales in my corporate job, and I was for sure a top closer. Like, this is not me bragging. It was just literally like, there's, you know, I got a big reward for it. And, um, you know, I think instead of being cocky about it or or letting it get to your head it's actually evaluating ah I'm actually really good at this or this is something that makes people more drawn to me what is it and how can I use it in all parts of my life right so like I said in both your career 
So even if you're not a salesperson, it's even how you convince a coworker to help you do something, or it's like convincing your boss to give you a raise or put you on a project that you might not have been able to get on without taking the initiative to ask, right? So that also comes back to dating is what is it about you, just you, the unique qualities about you that make people tend to fall for you? Or what is it in the past that make people fall for you? And use that as your power. Lead with that as well. Um, However, something I learned from Matthew Hussey, I think that's his name, he said that that can also be your, what's the term, like Achilles heel, I guess, or just like the downfall as well as like your greatest strength can also be your weakness if you rely on it too much. So for example, if you are a really ambitious and hustling person, like Matthew had described himself, he said, you know, one time a girl ended up breaking up with him and when he came to ask her like why what happened she blatantly told him and you know she asked him before like do you want the honest answer and he's like yes and he and she goes well you know you got boring and the it was sexy at first that he's you know really ambitious and driven and he's very go-getter at his career but over time that's all that he was And you start to recognize, ah, okay, you can't just use your, one of your strengths as your top selling point. And he had taught, and and I definitely agree with this too, is like, you have to have something else that complements that selling point, right? So it's great, ambitious, and driven. And she called him boring and vanilla or something, which I kind of laughed about because it reminded me of someone that I had previously dated as well, where... That's not to be an asshole, but something I kind of described him as is like, you know, a little bit plain, a little bit boring. Sometimes you want, um, I don't know, like a espresso chocolate chip ice cream, you know, not vanilla. And so um, how you can do that is understanding what your strong and powerful trait is and then matching it with another trait of yours. Again, you have to kind of do a deep dive on yourself. That is maybe on the opposite spectrum that would usually catch people by surprise, right? So someone that comes off vanilla at first, but let's say they know how to dirty talk or something, that would be more intriguing to someone and that's what's going to keep them. So yes, you might attract someone just off of your one strength, but to keep them around, it's it's keeping that that fire lit. It's knowing how to keep someone interested. Something new is something surprising all the time. And so an example I would say, again, there's many examples of this, but one that comes to mind for me is like being a woman that's classy, feminine, has manners. But then also too, yes, to a point that could be a little plain and vanilla, but then how to make yourself more interesting is having that sexy, playful, slightly dark side because the combination of the two, right? The front part is classy, manners, um, and, and you know, good looking, whatever. That is especially what any guy would probably want to bring home to mom usually. Again, I'm not stereotyping because I know sometimes like people get angry about that stuff, but just wanted to say, again, that's a basic example. But when you combine that with that darker, playful side and know how to kind of uh, tempt your potential partner, this will drive them crazy because it is two really great quality traits that are on the opposite spectrum, if you will. And if you know how to use it well, um, that's going to be your ultimate power is how you attract someone and then how you keep them. And that kind of, to me, in my perspective, I look at that as part of the game of life, right? I talked about this before, charisma, looks, and intellect. And intellect kind of combines with like skill. Again, if you're talking about it in a different part of life, like in the sports, right? Football players, you have to be really skilled at what you do. You also have to have charisma on the field, off the field, looking at cameras, in the press. And then you also just have to be fucking good looking. That's just how it fucking works. Um, No matter what we say, no matter what we think, it's just looks our first impression. And that's changeable too. You can change your looks to some extent, you know, working out more, eating more clean, etc, etc, etc. Anyways, my point is that when you start to understand the reality of this game and how we approach it in both our careers, in business, in relationships, in friendships, in getting anything you want in life, that's when you can use this power to your advantage and I think it takes just a lot of self-awareness and a lot of self-realization on who you are and what 
makes you who you know for me in my sense it's like what makes emily emily like what makes you different what makes you more appealing to a certain person um, than maybe another person that they're talking to or maybe what makes my agency my marketing agency what makes me a better person to work with than the alternative agency that the other person is considering so if we want to bring it back to more professional aspects that's the same exact thing and like I said, it's it's all about competition a little bit, but what who you're competing with though is truly yourself. Like yes, there's other external factors out there, other women, other businesses, other deals that might get taken from you, but if you are at your best self and you know how to utilize it, then you can maximize your opportunities and really be able to capture every opportunity and win at each one um, every time you come across it. And that was all for today's episode. If you enjoyed this solo episode, be sure to let me know and share this episode on your story. Tag me at what fulfills you and at Emily E. Duong so I can share it on my platforms and also spread the love. And again, as always, thank you to each of you who are sharing these episodes on your stories. It really means a lot to me. I see it all the time and I love chatting with you guys in my DMs so if you have any thoughts on this or any feedback feel free to comment on the latest Instagram post at what fulfills you or even send me a DM and let me know and even if you disagree on something like I personally love having these conversations whether there's agreement or not but um yeah send me a dm at what fulfills you and before you head out be sure to check out the card game at what fulfills you.com as said earlier you get 10 percent off just by being a listener with the code what fulfills you 10 at checkout and if you are in new york city or visiting during the holidays you can actually buy the card game and journal in person at the show fields store in noho which is actually very close to the nyu campus slash Washington Square Park so definitely check it out if you're in the city because then you can just grab it on the go and bring it home with you and I'm so excited for this holiday season and to see you guys play the game especially during Thanksgiving thanks again for tuning in this week I will chat with you guys next time with everything you have on your plate Earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.